Welcome to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, here are your hosts, Jesse Merrick and Eddie Pascal. Oh, and how about that, man? We got the intro, we're in the lab, it's hot outside, it's hot here in the studio. Eddie Pascal with my man Jesse American. you heard from the, the voice of God, Q Myers, in that situation. It is the Raiders Training Camp Podcast presented by the good people at SiriusXM. Jesse, we are here, we have done it. You and I have talked about this day over beers in a professional setting. Like, when are we going to get to camp? When are we going to get to camp? And it has officially arrived, my friend. How it's are you? Finally here. It's, yeah. it's football season officially, right? We can say that now. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think by the letter of the law, yeah, that yeah. is uh, that is the case. So it's pretty wild that we're that we're actually here. When you you take into and kind of unpack all of what last season was, the off season, all the craziness, the moves that happened. We're finally to the point now where we get to see this team hit the field and develop what they're going to be come kickoff, and I can't wait. And, and it's nice to, to finally be able to, in about, gosh, less than 24 hours, to finally see it. Like, we've talked about it a lot, and yes, we've gone through OTAs and minicamp, but it's just different. Camp is a different beast. Camp, like you said, the official start of actually doing this thing for real. And it's I don't want to, like, talk about, oh, it would be great to see Chandler Jones on the field. Oh, it will be great to see what this offensive line in theory could look like. No, dude, in, like, 24 hours, we're going we're gonna to see it for real, and we're going to start be able to – you know, start being able to learn about this team and tell the story of your 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the the talk is done. I mean, we're going to yep. continue to talk. Of course, like, yeah. That's what we do for yep. a living. But, like, all the talk of the what-ifs and all this stuff, it's gone because, as you said, we actually get to see them get in the ground there, hit the ground running, and just see what they can actually do. See what some of these guys look like in silver and black, you know? I mean, and see what this offense and this defense and all, all these questions we have are going to be answered in the coming weeks. 100%. And before we get into the business of, of the Raiders, because we've made some transactions, things are happening, Dave Ziegler and the boys are officially getting into the process of putting a roster together. Before we get into that, we heard from Max Crosby today, we heard from a bunch of players, and we'll react to that sound in a bit. But one thing that stuck out to me, Max was saying – Hey, you know, I watched the last dance before before training camp started yeah. last night. Get in my mind, get the mind right. What did you do to get uh, to get in the spirit of training camp, Jesse Merrick? Man, I mean, for us, honestly, it was always like our receiver group would always like go do something together. You know, whether it was like you know a meal, whatever it is, go hang out. Like we always also too like <laughs> this isn't the same ritual, kind of like what Max had, but we'd always go play basketball. Okay, that was like our conditioning, getting ready for camp and everything. Not that we weren't working and doing all that stuff. But uh, we would go and play hoops, and I was always a terrible basketball player, so I used it just purely for like the cardio sense in that one. But uh, for me, I'm a big like you know music guy. Like I, that's the stuff that like gets me in the zone, gets me pumped up. So like usually each year, whatever song it was over the summer that was like my jam, that's the one I would listen to like every single day before mm-hmm. practice. Yeah. So I. Uh... This morning, to get my mind right, to get my spirit right, to get my body right, Jesse, got my hair cut. Shout out my guy, LK. Go. Had to go in, get, get, you know, get the, the fade where it needs to be. We're going through a growth process here on the <laughs> top and on the sides, as you can see. But yeah, man, it's good to just kind of hit, the, hit the, you know, the reset button to kind of understand, like, all right, enjoy my 45 minutes, get my scalp massage, get the, uh, the hot towel treatment, and we're going to do it for real. But uh, speaking of doing things for real, we have officially begun trimming this roster in some sense. And, you know, uh, trimming might be too strong of a word, but we have transactions uh, before the Raiders hit the field tomorrow. Uh, just a few things that we, we should hit off the top. Uh, so yesterday, which is Tuesday. Today's Wednesday, right? Yes, I, think so. I had to yeah, think about that for Wednesday. a second. Yeah, That's another beauty, beautiful thing at camp. The What day of the week is going to leave very, very quickly. Yeah. By the weekend, I'll be like, oh, today's Tuesday, whatever. But yesterday... The Raiders made the following moves. They placed defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, cornerback Trayvon Mullen, and defensive tackle Bilal Nichols on the phys- physically unable to perform list, a.k.a. the pup list, uh, and they signed wide receiver Isaiah Zuber. So 
quick thoughts. I know that the fans, and it's a very kind of guttural reaction to hearing the pup list names. Every team is going to have guys start the season on the pup list. The Raiders are obviously no exception to that rule. I, if you were to ask me concern one to ten, one and a half, I mean, not a lot of huge surprises there. I don't think there's there was any shock that Trayvon started the season on the pup list. I mean, maybe a little surprised with Bilal and Hankins, but it's day one of camp. I, I'm not too concerned. Where do you kind of come in on that? No, I'm with you. I think you're like right on like par right there with like one, one and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, at day one, they haven't even hit the field for practice yet. Obviously, it's not great if someone starts on pup, but at the end of the day, like there's still such a long runway until we get to the first preseason game, let alone the first game of the season. So I don't think it's anything massive. And again, you guys have like 50 million D tackles. Yeah. You know? So get some of those guys some reps. You know, Bilal and uh, Big Time Hank, you know, I think they can take their time and, and give it, get out there. I don't think it's anything to panic about or worry about at all. You know, obviously we'll see as the weeks go on if this, you know, is something that continues. But at the moment, no way. Yeah, I mean, talk to me in like two weeks. Like yeah. two weeks from now, if if we haven't seen Bilal and we haven't seen Big Time Hang, like, okay, maybe we can up that one and a half to like a two and a half or a three. But as we get here, uh, you know, start preparing for the first practice tomorrow, Thursday morning, very little concern. Uh, another roster move Dave Ziegler uh, and company made uh, today, uh, Dallin Levitt, no longer in silver and black, uh, friend of the program, Dallin Levitt. Uh, and I know that we, we've talked about this a bunch. The fans always felt some type of way about Dallin. They always, you know, everyone seemed to have an opinion on this yeah. guy. But for better or for worse, he was a really good special teamer, a core special teamer, uh, and just a unique move, an interesting move as we get ready to start this thing off for real tomorrow. Yeah, it's I, I never understood the hate that that man got because there there are guys on every single team much like him that are solid core special teamers. And, you know, look, if a guy like him is out there playing in a game, obviously something went wrong. So the guy's in there trying to do all he can. But I think Dallin Levitt was one of those guys, a very valuable special teamer, that I think they are going to miss, you know, in that aspect of the game. And he's a guy that I think, honestly, will get another job somewhere else. I do too. You know, I don't think he's going to be waiting around too much longer because teams need guys like that for the team's aspect of, you know, your game. And, and, and you look at just people around the league and teams around the league, like you need, to, like there's a guys that make a lot of money and have really nice careers being core special teamers, right? I mean, you look uh, in Silver and Black just a few years ago, I mean, Keith Smith, or excuse me, not Keith Smith, uh, uh, gosh, why does his name escape me? Right, the uh, linebacker from from Dallas that we brought over. It's not Keith not Smith. Rod. No, no, no. Oh, this is going to kill me. It's uh, whatever. I missed this one. I'm blanking on it yeah, as well. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Gotta, guys make on, a lot of money on guy. special teams. <laughs> I know, and I feel terrible, right, as our as our resident special teams guy. Uh, you know, oh, shout out to Ray. Kyle Wilbur, that's the, that's the name that he threw in there. We, we appreciate the assist. Look at that, Ray. Yeah. Look at that. Every every team has yes. guys like that. They're those. So, you know, you've got your glue guys for yep. the whole team. You've got your glue guys for special teams as well. And if you're going to have a good unit, you need somebody that's going to, you know, kind of captain. And maybe not necessarily sense in the sense of being your special team's captain, but is going to captain that unit, whether it's the punt team, the kick return team, to whatever it is. Someone's going to go out there and play like their hair's caught on fire. You, you, you need that. Yeah, and 100%. And now, as we get ready for camp, it'll be interesting to see who fills that role for your mm-hmm. 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. Not Obviously nothing we'll see today or tomorrow or have a real good idea on until really we get to the preseason. But uh, a job has been created. Uh, someone is going to go and take that job, and I, I'm excited to see who it is. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, we, we talked about it a bit, uh, you know, on the podcast over the last couple of weeks there, but, you know, some of the underrated storylines and some guys that may emerge, you know, keep an eye on Teamer. You know, we talked yeah. about him. Got the perfect name for it, but also a guy that could kind of slide into that role. 100%. And, and speaking of, of things that we see today or we're going to see tomorrow, uh, we heard today for the first time from four members of the Las Vegas Raiders. We heard from John Simpson. We heard from Hunter Renfro, Denzel Perryman, and Max Crosby. And it was interesting for me, and, and I think that, 
the kind of kickoff media session of training camp is always interesting because guys talk before they've actually practiced yeah. and actually done anything for real. But I think it's it's a valuable kind of lesson in kind of getting the state of the team, kind of getting a mindset of the guys as they get ready to do it uh, the very next day. And one thing that really stood out to me is you heard from all these guys and they all have their own kind of little flavor and they're all going to, you know, kind of sprinkle it in, in their own way. But they were all asked about the expectations of the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders, and for good reason, right? This is a team coming off of a playoff berth a year ago. This is a team that added some big dog free agents and a team that, if you were a fan, you're expecting this team to make some noise. And they were all asked about those expectations, and they all, in their own way, very politely said, hey, that's your deal. Last year is last year, and we're focusing on 2022. And I thought that was that was telling. Yeah, look, you, you could see the smirk on everyone's face, you know, as yep. the question was asked. Because look, they all know it's coming. But let's be honest, like at the end of the day, it's good to have expectations. You don't want to go to the season where everyone's like, ah, well, you know, maybe they'll get the first pick. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for a team that's got expectations. You earn those expectations. So I think for them, it's a good to be being asked those questions, but also seeing the way that they handled them, like, now, nah, whatever. And also, too, like, the thing with me, like, I'm never a guy to ask those expectations questions simply because, like, these guys are professional athletes. They are at the top of their game. Nobody's going to put more expectations on them than their own self. Like, that's the thing. And I know that's so cliche to say, but, like, these guys are some of the most driven individuals in the world. You think a couple expectations from people like us in the media are going to, you know, make them nervous or whatever it is? Like, no, like they know their their jobs are literally on the line for this stuff. And I thought I thought Denzel Perryman had a great kind of just uh, response to it, where he he did it in kind of that classic Denzel Perryman way, where he he smiled, he flashed those pearly whites, yep. he kind of gave the side eye, and he goes, "Hey, man, that's you guys are talking about that. Like, <laughs> this is not something that that we're discussing." And and I thought that John Simpson uh, he had a really good line on on a tour. He said, "You know what? They're just words." Right, like yeah. you guys can attach whatever you want to this team. You guys can kind of make these expectations, make these uh, de- you know decisions about who we are and what we're going to be. And he goes, they're just words. At the end of the day, like we have to go out there starting tomorrow, put the work in, uh, and see where the chips fall come hopefully February. Yeah, and look at the end of the day for them, like yeah, do they have those same expectations for sure? You know, but that's what they've got coming into every single camp, every single you know training camp as you start the year, all that different stuff. So for them, it's just a matter of like, hey, now let's go put in the work. I think for them, like like Denzel even said, you know, it, the first day of camp and everything is kind of like the first day of school. Mm-hmm. Like for them, it's that excitement is to be able to go and meet those expectations, to be able to actually put the work in. Like at the end of the day, these guys have been doing all the boring stuff, the lifting, the running, all that stuff. And now they actually get to play football and chase after those expectations. So like this is the side of the that they're not probably going to be weighed down by like, oh, man, we're nervous, whatever. Like, they're probably excited to get out yeah. there and put that work in to see, you know, what the fruits of their labor eventually turn into. Yeah, and speaking of dudes who have put in work and, and have really put in, uh, candidly, 11 months of work, we heard from him today is Max Crosby. And, and we heard from Max, and, and the Max that we heard from today, I, I tweeted it out, like, we put so much emphasis, and for really good reason, on how good Max is on the field, right? He's kind of, I think he deserves a ton of credit for kind of changing that narrative of sacks and pressures a year ago. And now it's it's very in vogue. Oh, let's look at the pressures instead of the sacks. Yeah. Well, I don't remember us doing that two years ago, but whatever. But we put so much emphasis on what Max does on the field, on the numbers, on, get, on pressuring the quarterback, on being a beast top in the run. But I don't think we put enough pressure, or excuse me, enough emphasis on how good he is off the field and the intangibles that he bring or he brings. And we heard from Max today for the first time of camp. And the Max Crosby that stepped to that podium was a poised Max Crosby, was a confident Max Crosby, was a Max Crosby very much in control of what he wanted to say and do. And that was a team leader. 
That was a guy who is now a veteran presence in this locker room and is a dude that is going to set the tone for what this defense wants to do in 2022. And I think that, seeing that version of Max, this, you know, in the best way, this grizzled, mature Max Crosby, that was awesome to see on day one. Sirius XM puts you inside the Raiders training camp. Catch all the info on the team, plus your music, talk, comedy, and more. Subscribe now and get your first three months free. Be there with the Raiders. You know, Jesse, I've I've shared this story with you, and I think we've talked about it before, but you talk about Max kind of, you know, having that return on investment, right? Where the day that he signed that big extension, I was here ungodly early. I I forget (laughs) why. I I don't know why I was here at like 6.30, but I was here at 6.30, and you know who drove in right behind me? Is Max Crosby. Yeah. And he was just here literally the day that he's going to have the biggest payday of his life up until now. And he was here at 6.30 in the morning going to put in work. And I think that, you know, in a nutshell is who he is, who he wants to be. And I think that now, and it tripped me out when he said this, going into year four, right? Like, he's a dude that's going to set the expectation on this on this defensive line, along with Chandler Jones. Yeah, and I think if you're a member of Raider Nation, like, that just has to fire you up so much hearing stories like that. You know, for me, it, I was blown away. I shouldn't have been surprised, but when you guys introduced Sandra Douglas Morgan as the new president, Max was there. Like, you don't see players at stuff like that. It was over at Allegiant Stadium. It wasn't here at the headquarters. Like, so he made a point to show up and be there. Like, this is a guy that has been so present and so visible since signing that deal. And also, we talk about this team, you know, offensively, guys like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams, who are going to have to sacrifice a bit in terms of stats, you know, and being low-ego guys. Well, on the other side of the ball, they're led by a guy in Max, who's as low-ego as they come right now in that position, too. And that's the thing is you can't really say that about a lot of different teams. So, like, you got to be just so fired up as a Raider fan that you can go into this thing and think, man, like, we don't have just, like, we're not led by divas. There's not this, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, how's this person going to react? Da, 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 da. Like, Max is just one of those dudes going to go in and work. He talked about how he went and trained and did some MMA work in the offseason, watching what those guys go through and all this stuff. And it, for him, it was, like, pushed him even more. Like, I just think that's cool because Max just seems like a guy that's just that lunch pail, going to go to work, do whatever he can to get better. And, and the one thing that also stood out to me, and kind of as we, like, talk about this Max, I don't want to say story arc at all, but kind of who he is, like, off the field, is the fact that he's now picking the brains of people that, like, hey, how does Brady make it work? Yeah. How do some of these, like, all-time Hall of Fame, like, legitimate goats, how do they go about business, and how do they make it work, and what can I do to kind of get to that place? And I don't know if we if we saw or heard that Max Crosby, like, two, three years ago, right? And to be fair, at that point, he's a young dude still trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, hey, how can I be the best version of myself? Where do I fit in? In, in kind of the ecosystem of the silver and black. And now he knows. And he's like, okay, I know who I am. I'm a team leader. I'm a, I'm a Pro Bowl guy. I'm a dude who's made his money, and I want to take it to the next level. How do I do that? Like, that to me is pretty telling. That and also just a simple fact of, like, he's not resting on his laurels of, like, hey, this is the training program that got me here. Yeah. This is the work ethic that got me here. Like, he's continuing to evolve and trying to continue to push the envelope, which I think is massive. Like, a lot of guys around the league do that, but I don't know if it's necessarily to that same level. Like, again... How many, you know, defensive ends, and granted, granted it's Brady we're talking about here, like, yeah. the go. but, like, how many defensive ends are asking about what a quarterback does to repair, what their mindset is, and all this different stuff. Like, it's just cool that he's open to learning from guys that don't even play his position. And then also add in the fact that now he does have a guy like Chandler Jones, over 100 sacks. I mean, it, the sky's the limit for what he can learn and continue to grow in this, with what he's got ahead of him. And, and I know this has kind of become the Max Crosby Love Fest podcast, but like I, <laughs> yeah. think, I think another thing that, that's really impressive to me is that Max has a way of kind of delivering his message and saying like, yo, this is what works for me. And 
you know, different things work for other guys, and that's not bad. You know, there's a million different ways to do this because this is what works for me. And like to your point, he's a guy who's curious and is always tinkering and he's figuring out, okay, like for Brady, this is great. For Chandler Jones, this is great. How do I take the best parts of what they do and make it work for Max Crosby? Yeah, and that's the smartest way to go about doing it because not everything's going to work for each individual person. So, again, you take, you know, you listen, you absorb, be that sponge, and then you apply and figure out what's going to stick and what's going to help you get to that next level. And I think having that awareness, again, it's still a young age. Like yeah. I said, four years in yeah. the league. I mean, that's that's crazy. And and what he's already achieved, as you said, the pressure might as well just be a Max Crosby stat. You know, I mean, that's that's what he's done in terms of changing the game and bringing the awareness of that kind of, you know, level of play. And so that's where I think we do see more levels and layers continue to be added to his game as he keeps implementing all those different things and just kind of changing the way people rush the quarterback. You know, and I think we have a pretty good idea of what, what we're going to see from Max in 2022. I think that there's obviously a lot of intrigue surrounding how that partnership between between him and Chandler is going to work. But I think by and large, we know what to expect from that group. Now, the depth pieces we're going to learn about, the interior of the defensive line is something that I know that we both really are looking forward to see starting tomorrow. But an area of this team that we have a lot of questions about, and you and I have talked about this before, is the offensive line. And John Simpson was the member of the offensive line who happened to speak today. And I think he said a lot of really illuminating things. But one thing that stood out to me is he talked about now going into this year, going into 2022, and now having more familiarity with Colton Miller, with Andre. I think that I know we've discussed it a bunch that the fact that they've had these reps together, uh, you know, albeit perhaps not in the best circumstances a year ago, but they're going to be beneficial going forward. So I think that over the next three, four weeks, seeing that group gel, whatever that front five is, is going to be something that that I'm going to be excited to watch. And like, look, it's not as flashy or sexy, but he also noted like off the field as well. Like that was a part of like them meshing and gelling in that sense. And honestly, uh, outside of a quarterback and receiver, I believe that you know having the offensive line mesh is the most important thing in terms of that continuity. You you need that. Um, you know, again, I had mon- mentioned many times on the pod with you other pods about how uh, Ziegler talks about that the offensive line is a developmental position. Well, they're also developing that chemistry along with their work on the field as well. And so that's where you know the communication comes into it. Where you know, much like you see with a quarterback and a receiver, they can give them the nod, whatever it is, or they're just on the same page, like knowing what the other person is thinking, and that is built off the field in the offseason going through all those things even when you're chilling having a barbecue whatever it is you know I mean that you building that chemistry is massive and then having those reps under your belt especially in a new offense when you're learning and growing you know that's where they can lean on each other as well because maybe they won't have the mastery of the scheme but they know what the guy next to them brings to the table and that's going to make life a lot easier on them and, and I think D- or excuse me not Dylan uh John had the, the line of the press conference for me he was asked about <laughs> Dylan Parm and it, I mean dude this guy's his eyes got all big and he just laughed he go he's a good little rookie yeah he's a good little I wonder what Dylan Parham I wonder how many <laughs> pairs of pads he's going to carry throughout oh, yeah. camp how many lunches he's going to have to have delivered like but we speak about that that connection and that continuity and and the off the field stuff and it's great to see and I keep having to emphasize this on day one it's great to see on day one that Dylan Parham the rookie you know the top guy from this year's draft class is ingratiating himself with this group uh, and they're having fun with them right because and like camp is supposed to be in some senses fun right like it's a long it's a it's a grind it's very repetitive it's monotonous and you got to be able to have fun with the dudes that you're going to work with every day yeah look at the end of the day it's a game yeah you know these guys are getting paid a lot of money to play a game you know and I, I think that's something that that this team realizes by also taking it very seriously obviously but 
you know, I think they realize that when you hear, you know, guys that have left this group and go on to other teams, you know, or the guys here as well, just talking about how like this locker room, the atmosphere, it's, it's just different. The energy, you know, that's there within that group, you know, and that's the part that me, you know, for me, like being able to cover this team makes it exciting because when there's a good energy around a group, and it's so much more fun to be around it, you yeah. know. Imagine you got friends, whoever it is. It's just all, oh, you know, everything. Yeah, like you are, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like you know, you come into work, and it's exciting to come into work when there's that energy, that buzz around it, and that's where I think it feeds into the offensive line as they continue to try and make strides. Because as we've talked about before, this offense is only going to go as far as those guys take them. You know, and, and we've talked about things that'll be different. And I think you know, all the guys who spoke today were asked about, oh, some of the changes or some of the the unique wrinkles that maybe this coaching staff has compared to ones that have been in the past. And and we were talking before we started rolling, and you were talking about Foster Moreau going on busting with the boys with friend of the program, Will Compton. Shout out to Will one time. Free shout out for uh, him. Exactly. Yeah, no free shout <laughs> but he's getting a free one right there. Yeah. Uh, but he, when you, you were telling me about something that was really interesting in terms of how Foster said that Josh is kind of putting together like a, a practice, a, a session, and kind of making sure that, hey, we're not living in a world where it's the wide receivers here and the tight ends over here. Yeah, for me, that was what stuck out the most, you know, in what he was talking about, you know, because Will was really pushing him for like, hey, I, I want to know. Oh, Will know, was pushing him? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, shocker. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was pushing him in the sense of like, hey, you know, give me yeah. some examples of how this staff is different, you know, or the details and things like that. And, and that's where he brought up the fact that, you know, he said that the word that he used was they're not independent contractors anymore in terms of meeting within their position groups, the tight ends, the receivers, the running backs, you know, obviously they still do some of that because that's necessary, but he said they're doing a lot more meeting of the entire offense together. So think about it. When you're in there, he, he noted that it would they'd hear him talk about, like, you know, when a coach, you know, offers something to Devontae, how to run his route, how to, you know, shake a guy, whatever. And Foster was like, I get to hear that. So for him, he's learning a tool that's being taught to Devontae, and Devontae's response to that. So he can be like, oh, hey, I'm going to toss that in my bag as well. And so you're also learning wholesale what everyone is learning, what everyone's going to do. So you have a better understanding of what's going on around you. You know, it's okay if you understand your assignment, but if you don't know what's going on around you, like you're not worth anything in this sense. You know, so having a full wholesale understanding, I think, is massive for the team. You know, and Hunter Hunter Renfro said something really similar to that today, where he was asked about Devonte and, and kind of what he's going to bring to the table, and he goes, "Look, I'm I get to learn from him too. Like this is a guy who's obviously at the top of his craft, a guy who is you know is going to have a lot of records when all is said and done. Yeah, but." He got, for Hunter, he's like, yo, I get to learn from this guy every day. Like, I can, to your point, I can kind of pick and choose what works for him and how I can make that work for me. And I think that's so valuable when we look at this group, and to use your term, wholesale, and we look at the wide receiver group as a collective, right? There's not an expectation that Hunter Renfro is going to have the same numbers that he did a year ago. And that's fine. Yeah. That is 100% okay. There's probably an expectation that Devontae isn't going to have the same numbers he had last year. And again, that is totally fine. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, over the next couple of weeks how that group really forms and how they come together because we know what to expect out of Devontae. We know what to expect out of Hunter Renfro. We'll include Darren Waller in this group for the, for the sake of yeah. this conversation. We know what to expect from Darren. But who are the guys that are going to really fill this group out and turn it into just that, a group? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that we're going to kind of be watching. You know, the, the pieces, much like, you know, as we were talking about guys on special teams that are kind of those glue guys, the depth pieces and things like that. And that's where, you know, a guy like Demarcus Robinson, that was one guy he did talk about, right? You know, talking about his ability down the field and doing a great job of, like, towing the line, you know, in terms of uh, when you're out of bounds, you know, by not taking himself out of position and stuff like that. And that's where I think, you know, again, you note having a guy like Devontae in that group, I mean, just the receivers alone, that's a masterclass on being a wide receiver in the NFL 
every single day. And that's if you don't think that's going to permeate through the entire group, you're crazy. It's also going to permeate through the entire offense as well, even all the way down to the offensive lineman to see the way that that guy goes about his business every single day. And I cannot wait because it starts tomorrow, Man, Jesse Merrick. So speaking of tomorrow, and tomorrow is practice one, so call it day two, but practice one. Uh, we're not going to see a ton, right? Like they're not going to be in pads. We're not going to hear people thudding up. But realistic expectations going into tomorrow because tomorrow is a day that all of us, myself included, have, a circle on the, have had circled on the calendar for a minute. Yeah, for me, expectation, high energy. Because if we, we hear them all talking about that it's high energy, all this different stuff, well, let's see it, you know? It's the first day of camp, first day of school type of vibe. Like, is that the atmosphere that we are going to see out of this group? You know, where, again, by still being like, you know, we're going to work, but like having that excitement, that energy around it, knowing this is the first brick that we're laying on the foundation for what this season's going to be. Yeah, and I agree with that. And one thing that I'm really kind of looking forward to is kind of getting our first, I think, real taste of the uniqueness of a Josh McDaniels-led practice, yeah, right? I mean, we obviously we've gone through OTAs and minicamp, and there's a lot of things that we can take from that to what we're going to see tomorrow. But tomorrow's the first real one, right? Like, I can't imagine there's a more excited person in this building than Josh McDaniels, right? Because he gets to go to practice tomorrow for the first time, too. So I think seeing kind of what we're going to, you know, what a Josh McDaniels practice looks like, are we going to see, you know, see Dave Ziegler down on the grass? I know he's talked to me a bunch about how important it is for him to be down there, not every day and, and kind of, you know, there in a consistency and like that. But he's like, yo, I got to be there. Like, I want to see these guys. I want to hear them. I want to learn from them in person what they bring to the table. So I think seeing that, hearing that, feeling a Josh McDaniels uh, training camp practice tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, we got to see it in OTAs, but it's not the same. Not the same. You know, not the yep. same as camp. And so, like you said, he, he has to be so fired up and his entire staff to be able to really sink their teeth into this group. And again, I keep saying it, but like lay those bricks down for what it's going to be. And that's the part where you, you really get to see, all right, this is the idea that I've had in my head of, you know, after learning in Denver and learning in New England for all those different years. Now I get to dive into this. This is my team. This is how we're going to do it. You know, what elements does he take from New England? What elements does he take from other areas? You know, what, what are some of the things that kind of stand out to all of us in that sense? And also another thing that I like to watch for is just I look at the bodies of these guys, you know, see who kind of changed in the offseason. Because, again, they're not in pads yet. They're not hitting. They're not doing that stuff. So you get a good vibe and a good look at, like, I guess more so how different these dudes are and how, how different they come back. And that's where you really get a look at, like, man, this guy is a massive human being. And, and thankfully it hasn't been the case for us for a few years, but you also see the other side of the coin where you see guys that maybe didn't do what they were supposed to over this past five, six yeah. weeks and come back a step slow, right? And, and like I said, the Raiders have been really fortunate that hasn't been the case in a while, but it's still it's a check-in of the box. I'm like, okay, all these guys, and Dave Ziegler told us before the end of the offseason program, or at, excuse me, at the end of the offseason program, he said, look, our expectation is these guys come in day one of camp ready to go, and we're going to notice the guys that did. We are going to have a very keen eye and see like, yo, you know, players 1 through 88 came in in fantastic shape and they're ready to hit the ground running. And I think we talked about that expectation. It's setting the expectation of what Raider football looks like going forward. It is. And that's where, you know, first day of camp, you know, always sticks out. I remember for me last year was uh, Max and Unique flying around everywhere you know, from drill to drill. That's where you see, those are the guys that, yeah, they say when when they're asked about it, they talk about the work that they put in and all that stuff, but you can see it on the field. You know, you don't see guys dragging and things like that. That's what you look out for. As you noted, then you can see, oh, maybe this guy didn't quite train in the heat because it's hot out here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe this guy didn't quite get enough whatever, sprint slips, whatever the heck it was in. You know, you start to get a vibe for how prepared, you know, guys are right from the get-go and also which guys are like, hey, I'm going to put my body through the ringer so that I can hit the ground running or the guys that are like, 
hey, I enjoyed my offseason, and camp is what gets me going you know, for the year and all that stuff. That's kind of my conditioning program. That's I think, tells you a lot about what guys are going to stick on a team. Yeah, 100%. And we are going to talk about it all later this week, weekend. Who, I mean, this, like I said, we're going to lose track of the days, yeah. but I cannot wait. Uh, so Raiders, excuse me, Raiders Training Camp Podcast, Episode 1, presented by the good people at SiriusXM, in the books. Jesse, let's go to practice tomorrow. Let's take some notes, and then we will see you guys later this week. And I can't wait, man. Let's do it. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun, man. We get to actually watch football. We get to talk about it. Oh, it's going to be fun. Nothing better. And we'll see you guys this weekend. Uh, and make sure that you subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network subscribe to this get turned on your push notifications all that jazz and we will catch up with you guys in a few days thank you for listening to another episode of the raiders training camp podcast presented by sirius xm to stay up to date on all the latest with the silver and black download our mobile app and subscribe to the raiders podcast network